The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Angels, all things paranormal. This is Angel Talk. Hey, hello, my lovely podcast family. Mm, I bet when you hear this episode, you are decompressing your holiday. Hmm, I bet you are. And I am just holding space for you because I wonder if that decompressing your holiday is complex. <laughs> I know mine is. <laughs> so I'm holding you in that space and I love you so very much. Today, I get to welcome intuitive channel and best-selling author, Stephanie Banks. We get to learn a little bit today and we get to broaden our tribe. Stephanie Banks is a highly sought after intuitive channel, mentor and guide who helps people connect on the soul level. She channels from the perspective of any soul currently on the planet. Souls on the other side, purely non-physical beings such as spirit guides, as well as trees, animals, and Gaia. Connection and communication are the common themes in all of Stephanie's professional endeavors. And as a speech language pathologist, birth doula, lactation consultant, infant massage instructor, and intuitive channel. When her mother's dementia made verbal communication impossible, Stephanie found ways to communicate with her mother's soul. This was the beginning of her channeling journey. As a conscious channel, Stephanie is both the vessel to receive the messages as well as a guide to provide depth and context for the information coming through. She uses her keen sense of humor, love, and compassion to join her clients in their spiritual experience. Stephanie also mentors clients in her discerning their own inner voice of wisdom, enhancing their confidence and self-trust, improving their relationships, clarifying their soul's purpose, and finding their laughter and joy author of bestseller, Joining Joni, Staying Connected to Your Loved One Through Dementia and Beyond. Stephanie is currently completing her second book about her spiritual journey. In her TEDx talk, I Am an Intuitive Channel, she shares her unexpected experience with channeling and invites others to discover their own intuitive gifts. Hello, Stephanie Banks. Hello, Rachel. Thank you for that lengthy introduction. I really need to shorten it a bit. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I you are the masters that. of time. <laughs> I'm really happy to be here with you and look forward to meandering in some very guided conversation. I'm excited too. And I just have to say already that your energy feels so warm and inviting. So thank you for sharing this space with us. Oh, my pleasure. You as well. I am really curious about your work in the divorce process. Usually when people think about divorce, it feels kind of crunchy and opposing forces. And yet you brought love into that process. You even told me before we hit record that you used Oracle cards to guide you through that process. Could you say more? Yes, I do have a funny story about the use of Oracle cards during a very particularly sticky part of my divorce. So let me not give the false impression that I held hands with my 
you know, ex-partner and saying kumbaya through the process. We did not. <laughs> there was none of that. <laughs> Though we did opt for what's called a collaborative divorce. And a lot of people do not even know this is an option. Um, many of the divorces I had heard of from friends or seeing other people, clients even that I knew going through it was the traditional where you go through the court system and it takes months and months, sometimes years. And there's just a lot of dragging one another through some unnecessary heartache and heartbreak, et cetera. So with the collaborative model, um, you actually, their, their role, each person does have their own representation. So you have your own attorney, but their role is to get you through the process with as much goodwill and as much clarity and as much ease and as little time as possible. I was divorced in less than three months and it was as good as it could possibly be. And it happened to be during the pandemic. So it was done completely on Zoom. Nobody ever set foot in a courtroom. It was, I mean, I can't recommend it highly enough for those that have to walk through that very difficult and, and hard process. But the story I have to share with regards to the Oracle cards is that during one phase of it, when we were disentangling from some, you know, of the financials, we were in separate Zoom rooms by request. And as my attorney and I hung out together, just chatting about whatever light thing we could think of to chat about while we waited for the accountant person to come back in after doing some negotiations on our behalf, she noticed, my attorney noticed behind me um, some cards on my shelf and she asked about them. And so I said, oh, well, those are my Oracle cards. Do you, have you ever heard of those? And she had not, which is probably not a surprise. I would be very shocked if a lot of attorneys were familiar with Oracle cards. No judgments there. <laughs> it's just not generally part, right, of, of what they're exposed to. And so I said, let me show you how they work. And I pulled out this beautiful deck. It's called Messages from Your Animal Spirit Guides. It's by Stephen Farmer. It's one of my favorites because I'm so deeply connected to animals as our guides. And I, I said, I'll ask a question for myself um, based on what's going on right now. And my question is, what, what message will be in most in highest service to me at this particular phase of what's going on in my life? And then I pulled a quote random, but Rachel, we know it's not random card. And I pulled the manatee. And I happen to live in Florida, so the manatee is very near and dear to my heart. And the message of manatee was, accept the situation as it is, rather than fighting to change it. And the description in the book went even more into detail with things such as lay down your sword, do not enter into battle, let things flow, and it could not have been more perfect for this particular moment in time where I was so constricted and so bunched up and so angsty about all of this that was occurring. And her jaw was on the floor. She could not believe <laughs> that, that you could access this kind of wisdom in this type of a setting in this moment and have it be so enormously relevant. So I bought her her own decks and now she does them with her children. And it's just been quite the story to share. Oh, how lovely. Oh, my goodness. That's right. I don't I don't know how many meetings like that you could go into and, and 
utilize your cards like that, but you did. And how wonderful. Yeah, it was incredibly helpful. And I was actually able to follow the guidance, which sometimes, sometimes I'm really good at that. Sometimes it's harder, but just hearing that message from spirit, like, it's okay. Let, let my shoulders down. I can relax. The universe will take care of things. I can be in the flow of this. And it was a beautiful reminder. That's lovely. Well, I would like to pull a card from that deck and see what comes up to guide our conversation. Are you up for that? Yes. You would like to pull it as in yes. you have the deck or you want yes. me Yes, so I have the Power oh, Animal Oracle fabulous. card deck. Shall we play with it a little bit? <laughs> yes, please. Okay. Okay. Let's have some fun. All right. I'm moving that through my hands and I have the Badger card. Okay. So I have... <laughs> Perseverance, the Badger card is the Perseverance card. Okay, my friend, Stephanie, what comes up for you with the Perseverance card? Anything from you and your guides that you'd like to share? What comes, what moves through your heart? Yes, on a personal level, this is very well suited to me because I am, as you read in the bio, very much working on my second book. And for anyone that's done, I don't know, any creative pursuit of this nature, it can stretch out endlessly. (laughs) And we can also engage in, I can engage in avoidant behaviors when I feel like there's no end in sight. So this card reminds me that it's really about the process of the journey and the perseverance is about just showing up every day, every moment, whenever it is I'm dedicating some time to it, to persevere in the presence of me and of what's there, what wishes to be written, what wishes to be to make its way onto the page and allow for the unfolding to occur while I continue to persevere towards the the goal, which is at some point completion. Oh, I love that. I love blending that idea with the work you have brought forth into the world with the divine divorce process as well, because the conscious uncoupling work you do what perseverance that invites us to incorporate in our lives when maybe prior to that we have made maybe i can speak for myself i will say well i don't agree with you so i'm not going to play in your yard i'm not going to answer your phone calls i am different so i am i don't agree with you so i am closing myself off to you and i really value the work that you are doing because this shows me and I'm sure others that there is another way it it shows us that there is no other and instead of breaking apart there is another way there's a there's a divine way to say well perhaps our original covenant is not in place anymore but we can uncouple beautifully divinely consciously And my goodness, that badger tells us, keep at it, keep at it, (laughs) work hard, but the hard work can be so glorious. Yes, yes. And I think the badger also reminds us that we can persevere with finding other avenues as well. Sometimes we think that we are cornered or trapped by the something a traditional model in this in this example you know traditional divorce model but if that's not really the path that resonates with us and that's not how 
our family will be best served, then there are almost always other options if we're willing to explore, if we're willing to do the research, if we're willing to ask for support and ask the questions. And that's another form of perseverance. Beautifully said. Speaking of family, were you always an intuitive? Did you always know as a young child that you were like this per se? Did you always know that you could do this type of deep communicating? Did you know that you were a conscious channel when you were a kid? I didn't know what I was when I was a kid. <laughs> that hits me. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard being a kid, isn't it? I really developed the intuitive skills out of a necessity to cope with my mother growing up who had mental illness and sometimes her behaviors were very unpredictable and so I had to learn to read very very subtle energy in order to be able to predict what I might be entering into with whether it was her mood or an upcoming mood change or um, something you know to make some quick decisions about should I get distance? Should I move closer? Is this a time to apply affection and attention? Is this a time to run <laughs> towards my room and get some space? So I, I really credit, and, and a lot of people are like this, you know, depending on what we have dealt with in our family of origin, it can really help to hone our skills. I was, I have always felt connected very strongly to the natural world. So that I knew from a very young age that the neighborhood cats would communicate with me. The trees would talk back to me, the um, just the, the birds, all, all the wildlife around. I would have relationship with them. I never felt like it, I was separate from them. I felt their love and the exchange that was there. And I would have these beautiful conversations with, with trees specifically and receive support and guidance and a real sense of grounding and rooted energy from them and got some great advice from trees from, from hard times in my life. So that I was always very present to, but in terms of using it within my human relationships, that was an outcropping, I would say, of what I honed as a child. Is that when you started to develop what you call, well, you you mentioned something called radical self-care. And, and I hear you say that that's not only for people that channel, but it seems like when you were little, you knew that, okay, I, sometimes I have to get away. Does that have something to do with radical self-care? I think that more was about survival you know, emotional survival and, and feeling safe just, just as a basic need. When I talk about radical self-care, what I am referring to is what I learned as an adult who does this work professionally is that if I am to maintain myself at the highest clarity, the greatest frequency to to receive energy and support insight information and guidance from the greatest um, fifth dimensional loving consciousness then i have to engage in radical self-care which means that i value myself as a priority and show self-love self-compassion self-appreciation take care of not just basic needs um, but but all all the needs essentially which includes the need for dark chocolate people think i'm kidding but that really is 
<laughs> an essential need for me. Um, rest, meditation, movement, uh, joyful relationships and friendships, deep conversation. Lately, it's been kickboxing because that moves a lot of energy outside of my body. And instead of like condensing it uh, within and having it bunch up in different areas, I can with loud music, just kind of punch on a bag and, and move that out. There's so many ways that we can use radical self-care and it brings me clarity. It brings me back to center again and again, and it allows for me to be the clearest channel so that I can do this work well. Mm. How long did it take you to realize that you needed radical self-care? I would say it's been probably in the last 15 years and when i am not attentive to it i immediately see the results of that i start to feel grumpy i start to question myself self self-doubt and insecurities can take up a, a bigger seat at the table when i am not really attuned to what are my needs right now and how can i attend to them what do you think your radical self-care was when you were a child Probably time outside, probably, you know, those conversations with the natural world, uh, with my tree friends, with when I would go to, to the parks with my mom and have some some time and space to just be in the beauty of the outdoors. I have always had such a deep reverence for Mother Earth, just maybe didn't know what that was because it wasn't something that was taught or even really talked about. But there it was to be witnessed, you know, in that in the outdoors and just the beauty of of life outside. Mm. Mm. That's so impactful. Yeah. I'm just being guided to ask you these questions that connect you now and the version of you as that strong child because i am so inspired by the work that you do that helps people connect to children on a soul level because as we grow as adults <laughs> or adults as inner child, adults with inner children inside, aren't we all? Mm -hmm. It seems like we're better able to help these kids, these children that are choosing to be born right now that are ushering us into this 5D timeline that is, wow, here, right now, hello, welcome to the 5D. So I'm just so interested in what you have to say about this radical self-care and how you've come about embracing it and what it was like for you when you were a child to not have it then go find it in in the forest and establishing your your radical self-care right now it's so interesting to hear and i am just wanting to encourage our listeners open up your heart open up your ears because i wonder how many of us just decide well i'll i will discover my radical self-care when my house is clean or i'll wait till i go to the beach or something it sounds like your radical self-care if it doesn't happen mom is not happy it's you <laughs> you do it don't you 
<laughs> That's indeed correct. Yes. <laughs> um, my kids have all experienced what life looks like when I am not devoted to my practice. Absolutely. And, you know, with with children, they they know what they need and they have many of them. It depends, of course, on how evolved their parents and their families are. But many of them have learned or are learning to shut themselves off from their needs or they get the messaging that it's unpleasant to have so many needs and it's inconvenient to the adults in their lives. And this is unfortunate. And, you know, I, I, I hope and pray that I parented differently and that I really affirmed what my kids were expressing and needing at the time. But of course, I did not do anything perfectly. But this is what I think is so important about the very challenging job of caring for a child, whether you're a parent, whether you're a, a caregiver, a teacher, a grandparent, an auntie, who, whoever, whatever the relationship is. If we can really listen, really listen to the wisdom of our, of the children in our lives and give space to and honoring to what they are asking for, what we are perceiving them to say, um, and then check and see if we're if we're right, because they will let us know if we receive their message accurately or not. We can really start to create more of the world that our hearts know is possible which comes from love and inter interbeing and interconnection and support and compassion and kindness. I mean, children are naturally compassionate and naturally kind and want to, you know, follow their own inner guidance. So we can do a lot more to support them in that. We can do a lot more, can't we? We just, mm -hmm. I like what you say about listen, ask them if we got it right. And I love that you say, oh, they'll let us know <laughs> mm -hmm. if we're on the right track or not. I, I love that about them. I love it. Uh, you and I have something in common. We're both conscious channels. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. I love that life. Um, yes. So you receive messages as a guide and you guide people through their spiritual experience, which is lovely. Um, could you tell us a little bit about how that has developed throughout your life? Well, that's a, as that comes out of my mouth, that's a big question, but I still want to know it. Could you tell us a little bit about how you are a conscious channel? Yes. And I'll simplify it for sure. Um, again, credit, credit to my mother. Um, this time though, I'm crediting her with the challenge that we both faced together, which was her dementia. She ended up having a type of dementia that affects people uh, much younger than what we think of in terms of Alzheimer's. And so from her 50s, she started to have personality changes and short-term memory loss and cognitive deficiencies that went a long time before they were properly diagnosed. And during the process of her decline, um, my relationship with her really suffered because it, it had already felt sometimes tenuous, just given history and background. But we had found a place where a, a more solid ground to stand on. And then when she started having um, personality changes and forgetfulness and blamefulness and things that were more stark in contrast to how she used to be, 
it was a real strain. And I started, you know, I have this background as a speech language pathologist. So I know all about the brain and I know the pathways in the brain and what occurs in the brain. And I'd worked with many people who had dementia, but I was finding that I needed something other than my clinical expertise to be able to relate to my mom. And at the time, I had an, a best friend who was an intuitive channel, also a conscious channel. And I was very, very lucky that she was incredibly generous and willing to channel my mom for me. And in doing so, uh, my questions were, how do I support you, mom? What do you need from me now? What is this journey about and where, what are you here to gain from it and how am I in your way or how am I supporting what you need to receive and um, what makes you feel safe and and seen and you know how how can things shift here how can I take responsibility for what I'm bringing to the table that I might not see because I'm kind of stuck in ego with how frustrating this whole experience is so through that channeling which she did multiple times for me on different occasions I learned I learned from my mother's soul directly how what she needed, who I needed to be in order to deliver on our soul agreement. Um, and I was I feel like I was able to. Uh, I've asked her. She she seems to affirm it. She's on the other side now. Um, and we have a wonderful relationship. And I have to say that our relationship improved as a result of the channeled messages. And once I saw how that affected and enhanced and, and brought love into the center of the space between us, I knew I had to learn how to do that for myself and ultimately teach others how. Now, do you write about this journey and relationship with mom in your book, Joining Joni? Yes. Yep, that's pretty much exactly what that book is about. It, it is written for people who have a loved one with any type of, could be a brain injury, could be Alzheimer's or dementia or any type of cognitive um, challenge. Because that's, you know, once our traditional communication is not reliable anymore, we can really feel empty and lost and despondent about what what can we possibly do to stay connected because we have relied on that for so long but there are a lot of ways to stay connected yes yes and you're also completing your second book could you tell us a little bit about that Yes. So the second book is essentially meant to teach people how to channel for themselves. Uh, that's the thing I'm most excited about. I, without question, believe that if anyone wants to learn to channel, because channeling by definition for me is just connecting to divine energy and wisdom. If you want to learn it and if you are willing to put in the practice, then you can. I, I maintain this. I have yet to be wrong. <laughs> Everybody I've worked with that has been willing to invest their time, energy, and resources into it has been able to have that connection and grow that connection and trust that connection. And for me, so much of channeling is trusting what is coming through. Hear, hear. I hear the angels say all the time, we are born with these gifts and we we know them it's possible that we don't remember when we come into these perfect little baby bodies. So we get to help each other remember. Yes, I love that. This is the time of great remembering. 
Mm-hmm. I'm so grateful that you are helping people remember yeah. <laughs> come out of hibernation. <laughs> Yeah, and if you look at the word remember, too, it's, of course, you know, just to be able to recollect, but remember to put back together, um, to bring back into wholeness. And that's what channeling is for me. Yes, yes. Stephanie, where can people find you? How can people find you? People can find me at the website, soulinsight.com. And um, on social media, it's Stephanie Intuitive Channel. And yeah, I post my workshops on there, my classes, my channeling groups. I do a lot of charitable work to raise money for organizations that are very important to me, whose work in the world is really having a profound impact on the natural world as well as humanity. So that's where you can reach me. Oh, how lovely. And how can they purchase the books? The book, Joining Joni, is on Amazon. And then the one I'm working on now, that is to be determined. I will, I will probably um, use a publisher for that one. Exciting, exciting. Oh, Stephanie, you have made our day. Thank you. And my goodness, thank you for bringing your light into the consciousness uh you you probably know this but you are you you make us better because you're here thanks for choosing to be born Hmm. (laughs) i i say the exact same back to you rachel what a thrill and a blessing to be able to walk this planet at the same time ah again and again let's keep finding each other deal yeah yes done (laughs) done pinky swear across the quantum (laughs) (laughs) listeners same to you i am grateful for you you bring so much to my life and i love hearing from you keep those messages coming to me and i will continue to do my best to get back to you and you can find me on my website rachelcorpus.com or on the social media if that is your your preference most importantly I'd like to extend our weekly blessing. Are you ready? You are very loved and I love you. We'll see you next time. You've been listening to Angel Talk with Rachel Corpus. To learn more or to contact Rachel, visit rachelcorpus.com. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.